All right, so hi there. This is uh, Abel Mesersh with a Bundesliga Bulletin podcast, and today we're going to be talking goalkeepers. And since uh, our guest is Aiden Ray, who he of the performance analysis bend of goalkeeping, and that's your area of expertise, and you've been with us a, a few times, so I, I thought you know you'd be you'd be a great guest to talk about Bundesliga goalkeepers and how the Bundesliga stacks up to other leagues. Some uh, some performance analysis of some keepers, and then we will get into some uh, standouts, and then eventually some transfers. So uh, that's that's basically on the docket. How's everything by you, Aiden? Yeah, things are going well right now. Uh, really can't complain too much. Um, how are things on your end? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's pretty pretty quiet now that we don't have uh, actual German football. So what we do what what we do at best is either look look forward or look look backwards, and we'll, we'll look backwards first as a uh, the Bundesliga uh, goalkeeping, and I think I want to start out on a more general note because I think everybody knows about the reputation of the Bundesliga, and certainly backed up by the by the goals for and against statistic of like a fun league, maybe too easy to score in. And how do you think like goalkeepers uh, play into that? Because because you know now that we have all these like big five league uh, comparisons on footballref.com. Um, you can see some of the stuff where, like, the post-shot XG, which that a lot of people use for goalkeeper evaluation. Um, Bundesliga seems to be the, the least, the least uh, best at. Um, so, so what do you think about that sort of theory or hypothesis of, of the Bundesliga being easy to score at, score goals in? Could that be sort of a goalkeeping issue? Yeah, so... I think with the Bundesliga, what you have is a much higher line of engagement from the back lines yeah. for most teams. So that leads to, which is why you see so many sweeper keepers in the Bundesliga, because they're having to play higher up in relation to where their back line is playing. So that creates a scenario where it's a bit more free scoring simply because there are better chances for mm-hmm. the attackers. So I think it's one of those where you have a number of variables playing in and it can make goalkeepers look either very heroic or very <laughs> poor just because of the kind of standard tactic of the league. And you did like a, a, a tableau sort of today. I think you, you put out the goalkeeper distance versus push out XG. Um, I guess per per ninety, and uh, the, you can also do this on on an FB ref. You have a, the sweeper defensive actions outside of penalty area, and the top two are Neuer and, and Gulacci. And then um, just in terms of the top twenty, there there are eight Bundesliga uh, teams. Hoffenheim is, is number five, and then uh, Mainz are eleventh, and then Dortmund, Gladbach, Wolfsburg, Leverkusen are round out the top twenty. Um, so when you made this, this, this graph, are there any, were there any surprises for you? Cause for me, like, you know, definitely seeing Gulachi with the Alisson and Ederson cluster. Um, I thought that was a, that's a, that's a good place for him to be at. <laughs> yeah. So overall this season, I think we've seen Gulachi really emerge as one of the better goalkeepers, not just in Germany, but in the whole world. Um, yeah. Another one who kind of stood out to me was Sommer at uh, mm-hmm. Gladbach. Um, I think both of them have proven to be really, really comfortable shot stoppers. And I feel like they're not going to be as talked about as they should be. 
simply because they're not playing at one of the most glamorous clubs in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Sommer, especially now, he's 30 years old. And every season we've seen a bit better from him each year. So I think he's sort of turning into that almost a fine wine of goalkeepers where he's getting better with age. So it makes me really excited for the future knowing or short-term future seasons, um, knowing that there's a few of the veterans have really grown into their role well and they're getting better and better. And hopefully that can lead to a better Bundesliga goalkeeping season next year, because like you mentioned, it's, there were a lot of goals this season and there were a lot of goalkeepers that seemed mm-hmm. to really underperform their post-shot uh, expected goal. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, so like, I think just a one comment on Gulachi who we'll talk about more, but like for him, you know, being a sweeper keeper is, is a new thing. And, and we, we, we've had him on our, um, our Bundesliga show in Hungary, like three times, I think this season. And, and he has talked a lot about how he's had to like almost relearn his, his, uh, his game to, as, to kind of a, a accommodate the Nagelsmann style of playing higher up and playing much more with his feet. And he's done remarkably well. And not just because like, he's, you know, he's putting out assists to Timo Werner and, but just, you know, just getting off his line so much. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the second most behind, behind Neuer is, is a huge, is a huge deal. Um, and that's in the big five. So I think it's like 1.47, uh, defensive actions outside the penalty area and like I think in even the average distance he's uh he's fourth behind uh, Man City and then Abar and then Neuer um and and he's still um he's still really high up in the the post shot xg stuff as well so what's like I guess what I wanted to ask you is is you know goalkeeper evaluation is is, is always this kind of you know kind of a gray area or, or it's hard to it's been hard to talk about that and there's a lot of the sort of traditional like safe percentage and these kind of shots on target stuff that, that people use which, uh, isn't always the best. But what do you like to use in terms of performance analysis? Uh, what do you think is like the best way of evaluating goalkeepers? So with goalkeeping, do you run to the issue of goalkeeping being an aspect that's completely reactional? Goalkeeping is based on what the other team is doing. But if there's a single metric that I think is kind of emerging ahead of the others, it has to be the post-shot expected goals, Mm -hmm. simply because it gives us our best picture of how the team or how a goalkeeper is truly performing. Even though there's still some issues with it, it's mm-hmm. certainly become better than using the likes of a safe percentage or mm-hmm. saves per goal because it considers all the variables rather than a safe percentage being, okay, mm-hmm. he saves a shot that looks good, but it came from 35 yards out, and then he's punished for a shot that he conceded inside his own sits. Um, and then you have the post-shot at G of, okay, he's made some really good saves that he shouldn't have gone to. So you're going to see the reward of that in that metric. You're not going to mm-hmm. see that in a safe percentage. So that's where when it comes to shot stopping, I think post-shot at G is probably the best option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I've i been struggling with this, or, or I mean, I've 
not not certainly not a goalkeeping expert, but from from what I read on the literature, like I remember like Ted Knutson did, did a lot of this uh, earlier on, and I think you know Statsbomb has since done some pretty revolutionary work with the the ragdoll shot impact models and. To me, it's it's usually like a combination of things. So so I try to like the same thing that you do of of you know post shot xg and then like that looking at the goals, uh, the GSSA, uh, the goals on shot on target against uh, and the allowed, and then what I also like to do is what they do on the ball, and then I typically try to look at some some data in terms of short passing, long passing. How does the team try to play? Um, maybe look into claims and crosses, which, which again could be could be an issue. And then um, I will also try to look at a lot of the video of, but particularly like not just necessarily like the, the shot keeping, because as you mentioned, like you know, uh, it's such a rare occurrence and, and, and such a reactionary occurrence yeah. of what a goalkeeper does. Because even if the 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 shots that you you see, like you know, like I think you know, I think Derek Yam did some work on this, and then, like one of his presentations says that like. You know, Premier League keeper faces like twelve shots a game, and like eighty percent of them don't really get on target. So you're you're gonna end up with these uh, sample sizes that are really really small. Like I I think like Neuer is, is a great example of of this. Of if you remember his last season, uh, he was at like forty five to sixty percent safe percentage, and uh, one of the one of the worst keepers. And and you know, it and and it's and and like. Not to say that he had a great season, of course, Dan, but now I think you know Burki is similarly uh, experiencing some some poor variance uh, overall in the season, and and while while I think like Burki has had a better performance, I think his post XG kind of shot up towards the end of the season. I think uh, just 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 because it stuff like you know saves and and shots on goal are, are pretty rare enough, so that it it's not going to even out or, or it takes. You know, uh, there's going to be some really, really wild swings, and I think that's that's uh, that's true in, in a lot of things. But I think goalkeepers just end up uh, being punished or rewarded in, in some cases uh, way, way more than uh, than you know than just just kind of other other outfield players. And I think also like their 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 sort of skill set is, is is less defined. Um, in terms of how do we measure them? What, what do we want from them? It's it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of really really weird position. I I mean I, I know you 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 play goalkeeper, so I don't have to explain that to you. But but I think in terms of data analytics and performance analysis, it's it's really really tough to uh, tough to gauge, and 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 there can be some some pretty pretty wild swings, and and I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of pitfalls and and I think uh, very very hard, but we have to. But I'm I'm glad that you know we have some sort of uh, map to to see them at. Yeah, I think also when you throw in distribution for goalkeepers, mm-hmm. yeah. it's also you have to consider what the instructions are for the goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly, the style. Yeah, you the, yeah. You have teams that will be playing in short, so you're going to see great passing numbers but then you realize that perhaps they aren't the most difficult passes and then you have teams that are more concerned about launching a quick counter and hoofing the ball forward and uh rafael geekiewicz like, of the world <laughs> yeah exactly uh and then you're going to see a lower percentage because not only is it less likely to be successful to begin with but you also have a lot of responsibility placed in the player receiving the pass in yeah. terms of how well can you get into the air to win it? Or 
is he positioning himself right? Is he reading the pass right? So it can be difficult with goalkeepers simply because of how many external factors there are in it all. But there's yeah. definitely been some positive advancement in the past two or three years that is making goalkeeper analysis much more possible. Yeah, like I think a good example is is, is like I think for just for the stylistic differences, so like like Birki and Gikiewicz, right? Like they they both played like you know majority of the season or basically every game except I think Birki has missed two or three. And, you know, he's got 116 what's called launches. So these are the, by, by FPRS, these are the, the passes that are longer than uh, the four years. He's got 116 completions. And I think Kikiewicz, uh, who, who has 33 matches played, he's he's got 412. So uh, obviously he's got a better percentage, as, you know, which, which is, I think is interesting, but but just, just a different style that they play, right? And and, and you could see this with with. You know Hertha or, or Timo Horn and of, of Köln, who were they're also in the top ten. So th- these teams tend to be the teams that uh, like to launch it. And I think to to uh, to get back to that earlier um, discussion, this is this is something that Gulachi used to be very very high at, right? Like he was always just under, if you remember, under uh, Hasenhutl and even uh, Ralf Rangnick. Like he was, you know, their 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 set play was okay. Well, something something is not right, or you get pressured. You know, you want to you want to launch it to. Uh, to use of Polzin and then he can, you know, he can, uh, he can get, get that done. So like he, his numbers, like he was in like 220 to 250 per season, he's down to 165. So that's, that's a pretty huge drop off in stylistically. And so I think, you know, uh, his completion change hasn't changed It's 41%, but, but he's, you know, he's, he's not doing that as much and, and he's, he's attempting, you know, way more passes per season, per season, like a good, good 20% more. Uh, and, but, but it's just, just again, like, the average length has dropped like 10 meters. So just, I think, I think stuff like that, you need to, you need to watch out for. And I think that's why you need to do video because uh, the data will show that to you. But I think if you obviously watch these keepers and, and really try to do, I think that's also like the, the hard part in video analysis is you kind of have to do this specifically with the keepers. Like you're not going to just watch a match and watch a keeper, right? Because it happens so infrequently. But if you end up doing video analysis on, on, on like a team's buildup, you will, you will, you'll see, okay, well, this team uses their keepers. Like, you know, you mentioned Jan Zomer. I think he's, for me, he's, he's, he's probably the, the best at, at this, but um but uh, if you so if you have to give like a, a top top three of of standouts in let's say uh, like shot stopping, who who would you who would you have in there? Probably Jan Sommer, Pierre uh, mm-hmm. Galashi, and I I think my third would have to be uh, Lucas Radecki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think I knew... standouts uh, Neuer definitely recovered a bit this season, but also yeah, like you said. It's tough because he faces such a low quantity of predictions that one mistake can ruin his numbers. This is, I think, I think this was kind of, uh, I think also like that this is the nice thing about data analysis is that it, that it, it, it overrides your sort of eye test bias, right? Like you'll remember the, like Radetzky will probably remember it for the goals that he conceded against Bayern in the cup final or even in the 4-2 loss that. Didn't, didn't make him look great, but if you look at the body of work, or even like Jan Zomer can can uh, give up the occasional like you know not so great looking goal, but then that's why you have the Bolshad XG is like okay he's plus seven point three and, and nobody is above three and a half, so uh, he's, he's he's sort of lapping the field there, right? So so um, this is why I think I think you know numbers help you in that sense, and the same thing with Radetzky, he's he's at two point two, which is which is the third best among 
regular players and Neuer, Neuer is there in, in fourth place basically. So um, yeah, I think I but I, but what what I think is interesting in, in those keepers that that they tend to be like fairly. Um, and this is, I think, also the hard part about evaluating goalkeepers is, is, is stylistically different. And just stylistically, I mean, like, how they look aesthetically. Like, like Sommer um, can look sort of very agile and and, and make these sort of uh, show-stopping saves. I think that's much that much is true for Radetzky. Whereas Gulacci is often, like, unspectacular. And I think I think we've talked about this with him and, and, and about him on, 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 our, on our show, where I think Jano Black comes up as a good comparison, is that they rarely look spectacular because... But 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 I think well, part of the reason is that they're always in great position, right? Like a lot of times, like as a goalkeeper, you, you might have to make a spectacular save because you are not in the right position, or maybe you you just like to show off, or I mean, probably they don't like to show off, but they they're you know it, it's some sort of error that that you have to compensate for. And whereas Gulachi, he he's always he's always in the right position, he's always keeping himself big, he's always you know making the shooter uh, make a tough decision rather than them guessing and gambling. And, and I think. Sometimes and I know that 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 that's not that's really unfair criticism with him. That sometimes people people don't rate those kind of keepers as much because they rarely do those, you know, show stopping, uh, you know, kind of really really aesthetically pleasing saves. But 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 then you look at the numbers and he's he's always up there with the best. Yeah, he's uh, one of those where I think personally, and it's definitely just a mindset thing for me. But the goalkeepers who make everything look easy, there's a pretty good chance that not everything is anywhere close to easy on what they're doing. Yeah. They're just positioning themselves well enough. And yeah. a more acrobatic goalkeeper typically makes me more concerned than a more traditional or, I guess, uh, less exciting goalkeeper. Um, and then also, though, you have the data to almost beat the eye test because yeah, I'll, yeah, sure. say one of my kind of bias mindsets with goalkeepers is I want a tall goalkeeper, but then mm-hmm. you have the likes of Jan Zammer who is a bit below average in height and he's absolutely brilliant. So it's yeah. a reminder that it's more about the positioning than anything else mm-hmm. in goalkeeping. That's what so about- crucial. What about stuff like crosses and claims? Because I think that that used to be a thing. I mean, obviously, again, that comes down to stylistic choices and how do they play. And, you know, um, again, sample size, like I'm sure a guy like Neuer that will not have to face as many because this team always has the ball. So opponent doesn't have as many opportunities to um, to attack or to cross. But, you know... You you certainly see like the eye test. I think Radetzky or Oliver Bauman, I think, is a good example of somebody who struggles with high balls. But how do you how do you see the the keepers there? And then uh, we'll talk about distribution later. But who who are some of the good ones, or who are some of the ones that you think struggle? So honestly, I think the first thing that's coming to mind is actually a struggling goalkeeper rather than a mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And that's uh, Pavlenka at Bremen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. watching a lot of his minutes this season. He's always someone that I've rated highly, and these past few years he's been progressing <laughs> pretty sharply. He's uh, he's <laughs> getting into the territory where, like, he had that one great season, and, like, everybody remembers him as a great keeper, and, like, he's had, like, I think at least two sort of lousy seasons, and I think in that Big Five uh, reference we had, like, he's he and Timo Horn are the worst in terms of push-out uh, Yeah. Minus yeah. goals and uh, yeah, Thomas Kubek. Uh, 
those three are kind of always at the bottom this year in terms of shot stopping. I mean, just coming off his line, you can kind of tell when it can be either a confidence thing or it can be just a pure ability thing. Pavlenko's one of those guys who looks uncomfortable when he's coming off his line to deal Mm -hmm. with the cross. And if you have any bit of hesitation as a goalkeeper, you're likely going to be already making a mistake. You're likely already about to be picking up the ball from the back of your net and punting it forward in an upset mood. Like Not to cut you off, but the data actually backs this up because you can look at like the crosses, the percentage of crosses into the area that they were stopped successfully, and he's down to like 4%, and uh, it was 6.4 in the his first season, the first great season when he had, when he was like plus 7.3 in the push out XG. And then last year it was like five and a half. So, so he's, you know, the four is, is very, very low um, in this, in this area. And, and I think, you know, this is, again, like this is the nice thing about the data sometimes is that it does, does end up, uh, you know, backing off or, and, and again, like just to kind of give you the idea of, of where that is in the big five, only Florian Kastenmeier is the, he's the only one who's worst, uh, than this, but um, so so in in the in the Bundesliga, just in terms of the the sort of crosses stopped, and then yeah, so it's, it's interesting with Pavlenka who, that he's uh, that he's uh, he's up there in this in this category. If I may ask, since you have the data with you, um, who's leading the Bundesliga in terms of handling crosses? Uh, that would be uh, Robin Centner and Kevin Trapp. That would be, and then Hradetsky actually is uh, third in this one. So Hradetsky, yeah. which is which is good because like Hradetsky doesn't always. And I've got like Dave Kuzin France have, uh, have 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 complained about about him, but uh, just sort of stopping the crosses. But again, it's like you know, I think I think the the uh, again you can look at the sample size of like Pavlenka has had three hundred fifty six of these opportunities. Uh, which is, you know, uh, like I, some guys will have like a hundred, you know. So like I think, you know, not like Neuer, I guess, is at like two hundred. So um, again, it, it comes down to like, and I guess this is another thing which you should we should always not forget is like when you're a disastrous team like Bremen where this season, again, you, you know, and the team can't really like keep the opposition from from uh, like crossing the ball or you've got like def- defenders that don't really like Kevin Folk that's struggled mightily or you know uh, that I think I think that that comes that comes into play certainly after a while uh, of, of, of just like you know figuring out where you are and, and, and figuring out where your confidence level is and, and 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 as well so so but but it's but it's certainly something to keep in mind and I usually like to like to you know use the eye test as as, as an observation and then see what you can uh, see what you can take out of it. But it seems like the sort of crossing in terms of the big five, the, the crossing uh, stopping the crosses seems to be like uh, much lower in the Bundesliga because in the big five there's a bunch of keepers that are over like ten percent, like uh, League One and uh, and even even some like Nicky Pope I think is is one of the one of the best at it, and the Bundesliga tends to have uh, all these guys that are in the in the lower lower the, the, the three four percent is, is a bunch of those guys, like new bills at pretty much at the bottom, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I think in terms of distribution, who are some of the guys that you write pretty that you rate pretty highly, and and maybe talk about some of the ones who 
don't or again maybe stylistically like we've talked, we mentioned Geekovich, he's, he's not asked to distribute the ball right yeah um i think one of the i gave roman bjorki a lot of criticism this season mm-hmm. in terms of shot stopping but in terms of distribution i was actually fairly satisfied with what he did i don't remember too many issues maybe i'm forgetting about a howler at one point um but I think probably him and I'm always impressed with how Oliver Ballman plays mm-hmm. in terms of distribution. Yeah, I would say those two are probably the ones I tend to think about as my top two. Mm-hmm. But I also know that this year seemed to be a bit down years for them. But so do you like for distribution, do you kind of factor in the sort of like playmaking ability or distribution? Like how do you how do you define that? Because we might maybe we're maybe we're not like Maybe we're not. Uh... Yeah, so for the distribution, and that's where it's so tough to analyze a goalkeeper based on its distribution, because you have to consider the passing length, the direction, mm-hmm. the accuracy of it, how teams play, because like you said, Geekowitz is wanting to, or arguably probably being told, to send the ball long each time. Mm-hmm. And then you have certain players who are looking to just receive a pass and then on the second touch play a pass to the other center back and keep it really short and keep it a bit more passive in it. So I think throughout the season, it's just so stylistic that it truly depends on what you're looking for with your team. So mm-hmm. someone may rate player X because of how he plays, but he wouldn't work for a team like player Y would. Yeah. Just simply. Just a good, give, give an example of uh, like not to use player Y and player X. Like uh, I think... Hetafe have like uh, David Soria, right? Who 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 launches like ninety percent of his goal kicks, right? And Hetafe play a really like direct four four two that that has a lot of long balls. So you know ninety percent of their goal kicks, and I think even Marco Dimitrovic, who's the Iber keeper, has that is at ninety seven percent. So they know like, okay, we're not going to play short passes, and you know we've got Szczesny or, or Neuer uh, or Teshtegen or, or actually a guy I really like is uh, Leopold Singerle, who are like thirty percent or to 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 18 percent which you know uh which means that they always pretty much always try to uh play short and 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 try to i think tingerle is somebody i want to mention because you know he obviously uh came up under guardiola when when he was at bayern and, and learned to uh to pass there and, and paderborn also play a play a style that uh that requires a lot of short build up out of the back and they're actually you know well, decent. I don't know. Well, it's, it's tough to say they're decent if they, when they got relegated, but it's certainly fun to watch as I, as I uh, made the video about it. But but Singala, to me, looked like a a goalkeeper that I would want to have around. And he, you know, he missed the first six matches to injury. And, and he's basically been uh, a pretty good keeper. He's at like minus 1.2 plus shot XG and, and really, really good with his feet. And somebody that I would, somebody that I would, uh, again, he's, he's not, not great against crosses because he's in that very very uh four percent so that that's stopping so he's in a, the bottom but 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 i if for a certain style like like for example you mentioned oliver bauman and hoffenheim or you know even like a gulaccio or whatever like i would i would if i if if my team played that or even like uh Hradecki, like like you know those like Hradecki, i think has the most pass attempts in, in the big five leagues like if my team played that sort of style i would i would want that kind of keeper right who always has the ball and can, can break the lines and 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 wants to uh you know wants to try something ambitious because because for me 
there's not that many keepers. Like I think there's there's basically three, like three, maybe three to five. Like you know, Kravetsky, Neuer, Zomer are the ones for me that are really comfortable on the ball. Um, they 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 like to play short. They they want to build up out of the back, and they can they can make the risky passes. I think Gulachi is uh, close to getting into that category. He has taken some really good risks uh, sometimes, just like you know breaking breaking the, the first pressing line and playing the the number six or releasing. Uh, or they like they like to do this up through and back play where he will find uh, like Sabitzer or Werner and then they will uh, lay it off and then maybe they will make lay, lay it off to the DM and then they will make make the run to to somebody streaking behind. Um, Bauman, as you mentioned, is good at that. But then then you've got some of the other ones like you know the ones that I that, that are like Kun Castells or like Pavlenka or Timo Horn who they're okay with the ball and they're comfortable and that they get a lot of attempts but uh i don't see them doing anything spectacular with it does that make sense yeah so i think going back a bit to uh oh i'm drawing blank on his name i'm so sorry I'm oh, singular? Yeah. yeah thank you um sorry about that uh i think honestly with him he could kind of be your unsung hero of goalkeeping in the Bundesliga this year just in terms of the team he's playing at and just all of the qualities yeah. in general. I know you mentioned like crossing's a bit low on him, which definitely, yeah, you can kind of see that. Um, but I think overall he was one of the more complete goalkeepers. And he's also still one of the younger yeah. starters in terms of the goalkeeping. It's 25. Yeah, yeah. 25. And I think probably the only goalkeeper that was younger than him, that was seeing serious minutes would have been the shocker. Yeah, or I guess like I guess like Kastenmeier exactly. and Blackstefan are, are are sort of, you know, they split like the season basically. Uh we're twenty-three from from what I see. And yeah, those would be those would be the ones. But yeah, he's 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 somebody that uh yeah, we, we we will see. I hasn't I haven't read anything about him and you know he's obviously uh <laughs> he's been at Paderborn and was comfortable playing inside to the Taliga. So uh not looking to not looking to leave, but uh, again, those Guardiola, the Guardiola education has, has has paid off for him. So what I want to do is is move away from the analysis part of the performances, but but actually go on to transfers a little bit in the last uh, few minutes here. And there's actually been some some good good amount of rumors and some good amount of deals that are already done. So I wanna wanna kind of talk about those and the ones that. One that is done for sure is Rafa Gikiewicz, who, you know, the backstory is that he was obviously the best keeper in the Zweite Liga in the promotion season, like I think 14 clean sheets, and has had uh, probably a better first half of the season. And and, uh, and I think, you know, they've, they've been a long contract uh, holdout. And basically he's, I think the last, probably I think since the restart, even before the restart, he's been he's been clear that he doesn't want to extend his contract at Union and is looking for a significant pay, pay rise. And, you know, it's, you're not going to get that at Union, of course. And, you know, he's 32, I think. So um, I can understand Union's hesitation. So he's, he's, he's basically agreed to join Augsburg, uh, you know, leaving on a free, so no, no cost there. But what, I, what I'm interested in is, is what happens to... Uh, Augsburg's plethora of keepers, right? So they've, they've paid seven and a half million for Kubek. They've still got uh, Andreas Lute, who has been playing uh, since the restart, playing pretty well. And then they've got Fabian Giefer. So what do you what do you see that? I mean, what, are they just gonna eat eat all that money on, on Kubek and, and, and his his contract? 
So I think Andreas Luther will end up staying as the backup. I think he's a yeah. veteran option. So you're definitely creating an older uh, core of goalkeepers there. But I think he's still very capable. And I don't really see anyone looking to him for a bigger role. But I do think Kubek is, I think, unfortunately, his time in Germany is done simply because this season was a bit of a disaster. But, who do you, but like, how do you, you know, like, how do you see the, I mean, because he's got like 2024, 20, right? They gave him a five-year contract and, you know, his value is down to three and a half million. I think the, I think we could make a compilation of, of Kubek Hollers and some people have done that. And so, but, but, it, but like, how do you, do you see somebody, maybe, maybe somebody from France because he, because he had, couple good seasons in France but I don't know like it, it's it's a weird one for me I think with the age profile of the squad and because like you said he did have a few decent seasons back in France um I could see potentially a loan move being made I don't know what club that would be going toward but I think he could make a return to France for a season and that will uh, kind of see if he because... can recover his form. And if so, he can get a second chance because they're not going to be able to sell him. And yeah, that, that's, that that's my thing, right? Like they, they, cause, cause this is what I've, this is what I've, um, you know, like he's, he's, I think the, the news out of Augsburg is that although they've, they've signed some other players like Caligiuri and Tobias Strobo, like they're, they're, they've got like a 40, deep squad, which is, is tough when you're not playing Europe, right? Like, there's no reason for you to have that squad. And um, I mean, they, they do tend to take on some of the older players on the free with Stefan Reuter, which which makes a lot of sense. Like, they've got the, they always got the annual, let's sign a 35-year-old right back on the free, which is going back to uh, uh, Haag and then uh, Lichsteiner. And now I think Caligiuri might be might be doing some of that. So, I mean, you might play forward. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, I don't know. It's 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 a tough uh, it's a tough thing for for me because I I don't feel like he's got a lot of a lot of sell on value and and what do they you know what do they do with that with him and and uh, it's 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 again like Herrlich seemed to be pretty happy with Andreas Lute and that that again goes against uh, goes against uh, Kubek who, who who did I think there's an interview with him earlier this week said that he wants to fight for his place and uh, it'll be interesting if, if they've got you know basically three three keepers it's it's a awful lot of uh money and, and wages to be tied up but it's probably an awful lot of time on Augsburg keepers and um let's look at another one that that is about uh done which is uh, freiburg and and and, and schalke um which is going to be uh um, Alexander Schwolo, right? Who I think it, it, it's sort of I, I think I don't know if it's not official yet, but there there seem to be some more than more than enough rumors. And and with Schalke, right, the the, the backstory is they're obviously uh, losing Nubel on a free to Bayern, and they want to send out uh, Marcus Schubert on a loan. And they might be getting back Ralph Fairman from uh, the wilderness in Norway. Uh, but do do you like this Schwolo move? What do you what do you think about this? I'm in the mindset of Svolo being a very perfectly average mm-hmm. goalkeeper that gets the job done. And he's consistent, which obviously as a goalkeeper is one of the most important things. It's arguably more important than anything else is to just be consistent. And I think given Schalke's season, uh, consistency is something they'd be very keen on. <laughs> um, 
So I think it's a good move for them. I'm still... I feel a bit bad for Farman in a way, in the sense that I still think he's a very decent goalkeeper. And he's kind of just been completely shown the door, even though he's done quite a bit in the club. Yeah, it's... I don't know, it's just one of those where I think it's definitely a good move for Schalke. Yeah, I mean, like, what I've heard is that, you know, I think my, my biggest thing with Schalke is that, they have, you know, they're like 200 million in depth, and they, they basically the had to uh, make a wage ceiling of 2.5 million for uh, per year. So that's, that's again, not not, not not huge, although, you know, still not not bad. But then, and there's more than likely that they're going to be selling some players and basically anybody that they can make a profit off, which I think at this point is like uh, Arit. Uh, again, if people are, I mean, hopefully people who haven't seen him play in the uh, in the uh, Rukrunda, I guess, or, or uh, Suet Serdar and McKenny, who's been probably, he's probably their hottest commodity with like 25, 30 million, I guess, valuation. So for me, like to spend 8 million on Sholo, who's, who's 28 and, Again, I think he's had a couple of good seasons since he's joined them, joined Freiburg from uh, Bielefeld. But um, I think I think I, I concur with your your assessment of like him being uh, average. I think is, is fine. Like he's a net zero at uh, Pochadix G and so uh, or something like that. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not like yeah. It's it's not it's not something I'm like thrilled about, especially when you know. I could have, I would have probably, I would have just been happy with like Schubert and Fairman and, and gone with that. And I guess the cascading effect is that Ralph Fairman has been in some rumors with, with Union Berlin as, as one, which, which, uh, you know, which, which I think makes sense if you, uh, if you talk about Oliver Runert, who is, who's there, who's the, basically their, uh, um, like managing director of sport. And, uh, if you, if you know the history, I mean, he's, 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 he spent, uh, Probably uh, ten years at Chalka, basically uh, scout manager, academy manager. So that, that there's, I think there, there's, there's certainly enough of a rumor there. And obviously they need a keeper to replace uh, Kikovic. And I think they also had uh, Moritz Nicolas, who was on loan from Gladbach. So they actually, what I read from Kikovic is that there might be two two keepers that they're looking for. So so that that there could be there could be something there. Um, one one thing I wanted to ask you is uh, Hertha. Right, who are in the goalkeeper uh, section of the uh, the the uh, the shop, as it as it were, because uh, Jarstein is pretty much uh, leaving or, or is left, or you know, he's, they need an upgrade, right? And they've got a lot of money. And and uh, what do you what do you see that now that Schwolo looks to be out of the picture? How do you, how do you see Hertha under Labadia? Do they need a keeper who's maybe better with his feet? Because you know, Ashton didn't seem to be too great with that. Like, who do you see there as a candidate? I think, yes, they should probably be going for someone who's mm-hmm. a bit more of a, I guess, modern keeper is what I like to call them, the ones that are more comfortable with ball playing. Mm-hmm. However, I'm really not seeing anything other than Sven Ulrich probably being the person that Hertha will end up getting simply because I think he kind of fits the mold that they want to be going with in terms of bigger names. He's obviously been a number two for quite some time now, but he's coming from a very successful team. And anytime he has been asked to step up and perform, he has performed very well in my opinion. So I think he's probably going to be the goalkeeper that Hertha will end up getting. 
um, if it's wage packet. Probably not bad because, you know, being being the backup keeper at Bayern is because I think that's, that's kind of the thing with Ulreich is that he, on. I think, you know, we had that one season where uh, Neuer was, was hurt and I had like Ulreich as one of my like two or three best keepers in that season and, and I think that the kind of the book on him is that he basically be a, the like one of the better keepers in the Bundesliga if, if he but uh you know he's unfortunately or probably not unfortunately because it's 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 kind of like being the the used to be like what is was the joke being the the Patriots backup QB right like you you, you make you make good money and um but yeah like I think I think that's that's, that's not a bad one they 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 were talking about Gregor Kobel who yeah. I think would very much fit that sort of ball playing goalkeeper uh, coming out of Hoffenheim, but I think he's gonna obviously with Stuttgart being promoted, he's gonna he's probably gonna see himself there and, and get a chance to play in the Bundesliga, which he couldn't at Hoffenheim. Um, and I think the one that they've been rumored, I think the latest is uh, Ivan Mbogo, who was uh, you know spent I think like Leipzig spent like five million on him a couple of years ago and was supposed to be sort of the competition for uh, Gulachi and basically never materialized and. Um, I think I think that that could be that could be uh, that was I think that came out yesterday or even today this uh, this rumor and uh, I could I could kind of see that one you know he he you know he basically again he's he still wants to be in the Switzerland national team picture um, he's got basically one year left on his contract so I, I would imagine there wouldn't be that much to to spend on so I think I think. You know, either one of those. He presumably he he doesn't make as much money as as uh, Ulreich, although although uh, again, I think that the tough part with Embogo is you're not getting a known quantity, right? Like he's, you know, he's he's played so little that it's hard to it's hard to uh, hard to know. I think with Ulreich is much it's a much safer bet. So we we shall see. Um, yeah, I guess some of the other quick hitters just to just to kind of. Touch on maybe Leipzig. Uh, I guess just to wrap up the Embogo thought is that you know the reason why they're letting him go is is they they signed Josep Martinez uh, over the winter. Who, from what I've been told, uh, I mean I don't really follow uh, uh, Spanish second division with Las Palmas. He was excellent, but he's also the uh, under twenty one goalkeeper for Spain and really uh, seemed to be a really good passing keeper. And so he's, he's already signed uh, and he, I think he's joining the team now. Uh, so, so that, that, that should be Leipzig with Gulacci and him uh, pretty much set. And uh, with Freiburg, we mentioned that uh, they, they might actually, not, I mean, they're probably definitely losing Schwolo and they might actually use Mark Fleck, lose Mark Flecken and they've signed the uh, KST keeper, Benjamin Uphoff, who, uh, Uphoff, who I've not really seen too much of. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, it seems like Freiburg always do this and, uh, replace their keepers, right? We, we, we've mentioned Baumann, we've mentioned Burki as the, all these former Freiburg goalkeepers. So, uh, trust, trust the process there. And I want to ask you about Burki. Uh, we, we've touched on him, but what did you think of his extension, right? Like that was, that, that seemed to be, uh, uh, an interesting timing to say the least after this season. I think it's one of those where mm-hmm. Dortmund are trying to prevent there being holes going into a transfer window. However, he's just a guy that I don't particularly trust to be that. If you're Borussia Dortmund, you're looking to be, realistically, you should be looking to win a title or perform very well in Europe. 
And I just don't think he's that goalkeeper. I think he's kind of that level below. Um, I would be okay with Dortmund looking for an upgrade, but I think it's one of those. Yeah, I mean, I think some people would disagree with you for sure. Yet, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I tend to be city. more sympathetic to, to Burki because you know, like I think I remember like his save percentage was like forty five percent early in the season, and but it, it seemed like I mean, I don't know, there weren't like. You know, I don't remember like there. I'm sure maybe because it's recency bias, but don't remember like too many big howlers. And I think Adam Jarowski had that uh, link up where where his post strategy has improved dramatically after like the 20, 20, like the last 10, 12 games. And uh, again, I think it's probably just as you mentioned, like there. What are the alternatives? It's not like you know there was massive amounts of uh, goalkeeping talent out there and who was available at this point. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily hate it, uh, as well again. Um, plus like financially, yeah, right? Like financially Dortmund, you know, 45 million so lost no in the Corona and, you know, as they mentioned, but, like, they're, they don't make a lot of moves this summer Meunier and Bellingham and, you know, uh, if you sell Sancho, right? Like again, it's it's it's. I think I think this is kind of a this is kind of a thing of theme of, of this discussion it's as well of, of larger, broader picture and transfer windows of, of not spending too much, right? Um, the other ones that I wanted to ask you is, is Bremen, right? So is this this thing where you know I think uh, I was reading today on Tay Online that uh, you know Pavlenka, as as we as we mentioned, like had a really stellar reputation before the season even though last season wasn't his greatest. And now, you know, uh, I think I think there were, I think Napoli was, I remember Napoli being linked with him. And, and now I think like, I'm not sure who's, who, who's, who's, who's touching him, right? And, and Teo Online is speculating that uh, it's Stefano Scapino, who's their, their second, uh, second uh, goalkeeper, but uh, he's, he's in some rumors with uh, Freiburg. As well, the the the, the Greek, uh, and he's you know 26, so he's he's not he's not young, but he's looking to he's looking to play, and I think basically it it, it seems to say that uh, you know uh, Bremen are kind of like happy to get some sort of money for either one of them, although I don't I don't think it's going to be a massive uh, massive deal because again like uh, you know it's, it's it's tough to it's tough to pay for for. Um, Right now, for 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 Pavlenka, but again, the Bremen are in this financial situation where where they had to pay a lot of money for, you know, like although they had to you know, automatically pay for Top Rock and and Bittencourt for for because because the, the way the clauses worked for staying up, so they've had to pay that price. Um, do you think do you think they need like a a new goalkeeper or like they're they're just like locked into Pavlenka because they can't buy anybody else? I think if they were to yeah, sell Pavlenka, yeah. which I don't know if they would even see more than five mil for him, uh, but I think Kapnos and Plogman are both pretty decent goalkeepers, especially for a club of Bremen's current situation. I don't think they would need to buy anyone. I think they could do with selling someone, just because, like you said, there is a lot of financial issue right now, uh, and any of those three realistically you're probably going to get two to five million and yeah you're not going to see a big profit from any of them but you could do with selling one just simply because 
at this point. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon was highly regarded when, when he was like 18, 19, and, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of the Christian Fristo dilemma where like, okay, you can be like a really highly regarded keeper, but then you don't get a chance to, to, to play at the Bundesliga and it's like, you know, you're, you're wasting, you're wasting away. I guess like another, another, another uh, goalkeeper that I was thinking of is, is uh, Julian Polersbeck, who reportedly, you know, Zweite Liga, Hamburg, but, but he reportedly is, is looking to leave and, he, you know, obviously wasn't playing a lot uh, end of the last season, and then even in this season, he only started playing uh, under Hacking, you know, once the restart, and but it didn't really well. So I'm, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of him, and I'd be looking to see him in the Bundesliga. And you know, but again, he has a very, very particular style of, of of playing out of the back. So I think, unfortunately, the, the teams that play that sort of style, like we mentioned, Leverkusen or, or Gladbach or, or you know Leipzig or I mean, I would have maybe, maybe you know, had had the the uh, the the Dortmund extension with Brookie not happened, and you know, again, the timing is weird because Bollersbach had really only had uh, you know like two years of like not playing, and then now maybe two months of like decent performances, so the timeline didn't match up. But I would have I would have liked him to maybe be the backup instead of like Marvin Hitz or, or something like that. But maybe he'll have some offers. Um, I guess the last person I want to ask you is Kevin Trapp, who. Uh, Again, kind of the theme of this this podcast is uh, keepers leaving, and and Frederick Renault as well. Who you know, uh, if you if you remember, like Antrach had to, had some keeper problems earlier this season, and I think even our good friend Felix Diedbald was was involved at some point. Uh, hopefully, uh, none of, hopefully none of the Eintracht uh, fans that listen to <laughs> this remember, because we don't want to stir up anything. But um, in terms of Trap, do you do you see sort of a value for him? Because like I think basically the thing with Eintracht is that they're saying like everybody is available for for the right price, which which I think with Eintracht is kind of a permanent state. But do you think like somebody should be investing in Kevin Trap or like how do you see his season future? I think he's another one of those where I know his wage packet is probably a bit high um, and Frankfurt could definitely do with selling him. But at the same time, I don't really know what kind of price you could get for him given he I think, yeah. had a fairly average season and he's turning 30. How does he years. rank in your uh, distance versus... So I, I'm trying to find him on your, on your, uh, on your chart. Because uh, I... Because one of the things with him is like why, why you look him up is like he he's you know he's a pretty big leader in that dressing room and you know they they you know if you remember like he's been there but when he was there he was on like a loan and and like this this summer they finally gave him the five year contract so I think sort of selling him would probably uh, ruffle some of the the feathers although I'm sure you know some some it, like it, it's it's again it's, it's a little bit like the Pavlenka thing where like you know. Uh, if he if he had had a better season, like not to say that his his season was as bad as Pavlenka's, but it certainly wasn't great. Um, I think I, I don't you know I would have I would, then then you, then you could have like imagined some some team knocking on the door, but right now I'm not I'm not really I'm not really uh, seeing it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with. Trap, mm-hmm. he's further than average uh, goalkeepers throughout the big five. 
in terms of distance from goal, but he's also mm-hmm. below average in shots. It's not great. He finds himself pretty close to uh, Thomas Kubek, who may not be the most welcoming company right now. In I terms of shot stopping, he's Diego, in line with Diego Lopez. Mm-hmm. Minds, but he's a bit closer to goal. And uh, and your good and your good friend Kepa Arizabalaga. So that, that's that, that, that's not a you know you got the Kubek Kepa, yeah Diego Lopez, who is one of the worst keepers, and, and that that's not a that's not a good uh, not a good good look there for for poor, uh, poor Kevin Trapp. So maybe he should. Uh, I mean, we shall see. Um, okay, I think we've we've pretty much managed to touch on. I think Florian Miller is a good shout. I think he's had a, he's had a good season, and they're they're gonna fight it out with Robin Svantner. So that that might be that might be a, a controversy in in uh, in in minds that uh, you might have to uh, see, and there, there might be some new keepers with Stefan Ortega. We we didn't talk about, but I think he's a he's a he's a really good uh, ball playing goalkeeper from Armenia, who I think might be the the tenure of, of of this season. Uh, but uh, yeah, I will I will see if uh, see what happens with that. And uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about Bundesliga goalkeeping or anything else? Maybe we could talk about your your some of your work that you want to plug. Or show. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of plugging something in, uh, you can find me on Twitter at AR Data Analysis. And through there, you'll see links to Tableau work, uh, articles, primarily goalkeeper focused. It's also other topics, including transfer uh, or recruitment analysis and stuff like that. So yeah, that's where you cool. can find All right. So I think that's, uh, um, that, that's going to about wrap that, it up for Bundesliga Bulletin's goalkeeper edition on. with uh, Aiden Ray. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the conversation and we'll try to be back with more uh, sort of team-focused or player-focused analysis on, on the sort of past season and maybe talking about the upcoming season as well. So uh, make sure you keep subscribing to to the newsletter. Um, Thank you very much. And uh, we'll uh, see you guys down the line.